we got a word for you that we want to share. Um, I pray that you're encouraged during this time. If you've been going with Know to Grow and reading the book and understanding about our God, uh, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, we continue to admonish you to get to know the God that we walk with. Uh, let's not take it lightly. This is a perfect time for us to know him better. We know that the will of God always prevails. He's the Father. His will gets done. Jesus Christ is the essence, the perfect image and expression of who the Father is. Uh, there's no division between the two. And we know that the Holy Spirit is God himself. Uh, it is the Spirit of God that, that executes uh, the will of the Father as has been given to the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are appreciative that we serve one God manifested in three distinct persons. Uh, there's no, no division or anything like that in the Godhead. They're one. And they all work together in oneness so that we can be who we've been created to be. And so we praise God for that. I admonish you to continue to study, to know about our God. Let's get into the word for today. It comes from the book of Joshua, uh, the sixth chapter. As you turn, bear with me if you can. Joshua chapter six, something that the Lord is really laying on our heart as we move forward and walking with God as a church on assignment. Uh, Joshua chapter six is rich for our, our learning. Uh, we're going to start at verse number 22. Uh, when you get an opportunity, you can read the whole sixth chapter to give you much greater context, but I don't uh, want to read it for the sake of time. I want to just read a few verses here. We'll start at verse number 22. It says, But Joshua had said to the two men who had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and from there bring out the woman and all that she has as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Amen to the reading of God's precious word. Today I just want to talk from the subject, let God use you. Let God use you. My hope today is to touch on two very important questions that people have in this season. Um, one of those questions is why is, is this happening? You know, oftentimes we look at the world and say, why is this happening? Why didn't God intervene? Why doesn't he do something uh, to stop all of this? If he knew it was going to happen, you know, why is he just sitting back not doing anything? Is he not capable? Is he not able? Why would he do such a thing? And these are questions that are natural for people to ask in this season. So we understand context. The children of Israel are on the brink. Uh, they were in the promised land, getting ready to take uh, their territory that God had promised them. But Jericho was in front of them. And Jericho was a walled city. It was shut up. Uh, and they couldn't get in. And, uh, and Joshua was walking around the wall in chapter 5, as we talked about last week. And he had an encounter with Jesus there, the pre-incarnate Christ. Uh, and he humbled himself before him, and he said to him, 
what would you say to me? And this is what we talked about, our download, that we get humble before the Lord, knowing that he's with us, that he's in control. And if we would humble ourselves before him in a posture, that he would give us the download. He would download us the information or the plan that we need to get through this season. And so that's what he did. And so chapter 6, we see that there's a download given to Joshua about how he's going to take the land. And real simple, he's going, they're going to walk around the Jericho wall for seven days straight. You know, the first six days are just going to walk around the wall one time. And the people are not going to say anything. The priests are going to be there uh, walking around with the Ark of the Covenant, meaning God's presence is with them. But the people, the, the men of war, they're not going to say anything. But on the seventh day, they're going to walk around seven times. And then once the, the, the trumpets are blown by the priests, then the people are going to shout. And then the wall is going to come down. That seems like it's a crazy plan, but that's the plan that God downloaded to Joshua. But the people were commanded to go in and to kill everything that was in the city. Think about that. Every, everything that was in the city was to be killed. Nobody was to be spared. And you say, well, why would God do such a thing like that? Just like we would ask in this moment, why would God do such a thing like this? But it reminds us to go back and look at our purpose. Remember, man was made in the image of God, and the earth is really supposed to be a reflection of heaven. Our relationship with God ought to be a reflection of his relationship with, with, with Christ and the Spirit. It ought to be a oneness, and that's how he created us. He created us in great relationship. And we ought to do the will of the Father here on earth like it is in heaven. That's why in the Lord's Prayer he says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we know the story, Genesis chapter 3, sin entered the world, uh, and that relationship was broken. The will of the Father wasn't done. And yes, man has consequences because of what took place, but the earth also has consequences. When you look in uh, chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Cursed is the ground. And Romans chapter 8 better explains this for us, and I'm just going to read a couple of passages as we teach here for a second. Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 22, talks about what creation has to go through. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption to the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together unto now. In other words, that even creation, even the earth, had consequences or suffered consequences because of the fall of man. And so the earth did nothing wrong, but it had to deal with the consequences of it. So yet it too was waiting to be restored. It too was waiting to uh, be uh, put back into its proper place. But the Revelation says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, that God is one day going to restore all things. But in the meantime, we have to deal with the challenges of sin. We have to deal with imperfection. We have to deal with sickness. We have to deal with disease. We got to deal with pandemics. We got to deal with earthquakes in diverse places. We have to deal with these things because creation is still yet waiting for its uh, restoration. And it's when the sons of God arise, when God brings his people back in order, that all things will be made well when it's come through Jesus Christ. That's why it's imperative for the assignment of God to still be on point. We've got to be a church on assignment. 
proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation. That's why the gospel of the kingdom must continue to be preached. People have to understand that, yet there's disorder, but there's reconciliation in Jesus Christ. We were separated from the Father, but Jesus Christ has brought us to himself. We've got to understand that there is restoration. And even in the natural, uh, there's restoration. But all things won't be restored until he comes. Spiritually, we're good. But in the natural, we've got to go through some things. And, and being saved doesn't change that. We have to go through some things because creation is still groaning, looking for redemption. So you understand, well, why would God do, do such a thing? But we've got to realize that everything that would keep us from God ultimately has to be destroyed. Remember that God, Joshua didn't tell the people to go destroy the, the nation. God is the one who, who instructed him to do that. God created man, and he still holds the right and responsibility to our beginning and our end. We hear it said at funerals all the time. Job chapter 1, 21 says this. And we, can, we can all relate. Our children weren't born with clothes and shoes on. He says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so what God was doing is because there was evil in the land, and he wanted to, to, to get rid of that evil. It wasn't about their race. It wasn't about the economic status. It wasn't about class. It was evil. Because he told us in Genesis chapter 15, verse 16, and bear with me, he says to, to Abraham, he says, listen, I'm promising you this land. But you're not going to get this land for about 400 years. <laughs> and in those 400 years, your people are going to be slaves. But the people in the land, they're going to keep the land but they're, until their time of their abomination or the time of their sin is ended. In other words, I'm giving people time to get it right. That's how patient God is. That's how loving God is. He gave the people time to stop what they were doing, but they wouldn't do it. But he knew that their time of play was over, and he had to move forward. That was 400 years. So I say this to make a major point to us, that walking with God requires clearing out enemies that lure us from God. Things that keep us from God, and we've got to begin to move those things out of the way if we're going to walk with God. That's why it's important, it's imperative for us to know who we are in Christ and embrace our identity. I think about the college days, you know. Anybody ever stepped foot on a college campus, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You got a bunch of 17-year-olds to 22-year-olds who have no clue of who they are. And they're all thrown down on a college campus trying to figure out life, trying to figure out who they are. And, and guess what? If, if you don't know who you are, you're going to get wrapped up and can get wrapped up in some stuff. Some of us went to college. That's when we started fornicating. Some of us went to college. That's when we started drinking and all kind of stuff. That if we don't know who we are, somebody will tell you who you are and get you caught up in some bad relationships. Some of us got turned out by some folk in college because that's the college campus. And what God was trying to tell his people is that I can't have that happen to you all. We've got to get rid of folk who's going to take away your heart and teach you to do things to their God. Because it's not just about the people, but it's about their God. We always got to remember, whenever you connect with a person, you're not just connected with that person. You're connected with their God. And so you got to be careful who you, who you get in contact with or relationship with, because you may start serving their God. They may draw you away from the true God. 
And so this is what we got to understand in this season, that number two, that there are spiritual threats to the hearts of people. And so God will allow a space like this. Remember, God does not cause evil, but he will allow evil to take place to deal with the threats that are happening. You got to listen, beloved. This, this is a unique time. In our lifetime, when have you not seen the NBA? When have you not seen the NHL? When have you not seen soccer? When have you not had tennis? When have you not had the movies to go to? When have you not had a concert to go to? All of this stuff has been shut down. And it's not by accident that it's been shut down. God has created and allowed a unique space to be here so that his message can come forward. We got to look, realize this. It's a distraction that we often have with a lot of these things. Not that to say that they're always evil things, but we get distracted and God's stuff gets put on the back burner. And God says, well, okay, you know, I'm on the back burner. Let's kind of see what happens because creation is still groaning. People are struggling. Your bookies are struggling. Your gamblers are struggling. I read articles, they struggle, they don't know what to do. What you going to bet on? Nothing to bet on. See, this is where God has, even her one guy said, you know what, I normally don't pray, but I'm praying now that the doctors find an uh, uh, anti-thing uh, for this virus. People are beginning to pray now that never prayed before because they never thought they had to. But I'm here to encourage us to understand that, as my father would always say, this too shall pass. And I know that this too shall pass. We're not going to be here forever. God is going to allow us to move forward this thing, but what's the message in this time? We've got to still remember that this is a move. God is still moving. The song might not be playing. The dancers might not be dancing. But this is still a move of God. And we've got to be tuned into it. And it's reminding us of John chapter 1, uh, John chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. And you can read it on your time where there was a man that was born blind. And Jesus' disciples said to him, Jesus, who sinned that this man was born blind? And Jesus had to explain to them, it was nobody's sin. It was only happened so that God's power could be shown through him. And this is the time we got to understand, beloved, that God's power is going to be shown in this season. So no one can tell you exactly why it happens, but we know that God is just in whatever happens. But we also know that God is working in this season. I dare you to encourage yourself to understand that God is working in this season. The distractions are being lessened. Because God is working in this season. Idols are being torn down because God is working in this season. This is not a man thing. This is a God thing. He doesn't cause it, but he uses it for his glory. So the children of Israel were getting ready to go in, and they were getting ready to take their territory. And he tells them, you know, walk around for seven days. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I think like God drags stuff out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you know that you were going to tear the wall down, why don't you just tear the wall down on the first day? So the second question is, why does God drag this out? You know, why can't it just be over with tomorrow? You know, why did they have to go around seven days for the same thing that they could have done on the first day? We ask these type of questions. We got to understand it. But the one thing he told them to do is when you walk around the wall, don't say anything. So I want to encourage us today that we got to watch what we say in this season. Because we don't know how long this is going to be. <laughs> we want to come back as soon as we can, but we don't know. 
But we got to watch what we say because in seasons like this, our mouths will begin to say some things that we don't need to be saying. We start talking death because the Bible still says power of life and death is still in the tongue. And we got to watch what we say. Not that we can create our own, own reality, but we've got to watch that we don't speak negative. If we can't praise God in this season, we should probably keep our mouth shut. If we can't say, God, I thank you in this season, we should probably keep our mouth shut. We've got to watch what we say. Because our talking is often a distraction to what God is doing in our lives. Our talking is often a distraction to what God is doing in our lives. It's like the child at school. Because they're talking to their friends, they miss what the teacher is saying. And so when the teacher asks them what they said, they say, I don't know, because they were talking. Too many of us will miss what God is saying and doing in the season because we're talking. I admonish you, don't talk, just praise. Just worship God. Just give him all honor and glory, but don't have negative things to say. Don't speak doom, don't speak gloom, but speak life when life is in you. Amen? See, because waiting builds faith, and waiting builds strength. Waiting builds faith, and waiting builds strength. You say, Pastor Tony, Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. In other words, when things take a long time to happen, we start to get sick, we start to faint, we start to get weary. But it then goes on to say, but when desire comes, it's a tree of life. But when what you're hoping for comes, then we get life. And we've got to understand that we can't focus on when this is going to change. we just got to understand that it will change and that God is with us and he's going to bring us through the season. Don't focus on when we're going to get out of this. we just got to focus on, God, you're going to bring me out of this because that's what keeps us going. That's what gives us life, trusting in God to bring us out of this. Let patience have its turn. That's why James 1.4 says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. So in this season where we seem like we're shut in, in this season where we seem like we got to wait on God to do some things, wait on God to bring man to a place where we can be safe, we got to trust God that God is doing a work in our lives, that we're at home with our children. And some of us are already struggling being at home with our children because they have a lot of energy. They want to get out. Cabin fever is setting in. I know it sets in for me. We got to let God do a work on the inside of us during this season. God is doing something. There's no sports to watch. God is doing something. There's no movie to go to. God is doing something. There's no concert to attend. God is doing something. Don't get distracted. Pay attention to what God is doing and be patient in this season because he's about to work. So that when the season's over, we can be completed. We can be developed. We can be the people that God wants for us to be. So I want us to let faith build in this season. That's my prayer for the body of Christ, that faith would build up in this season, that we're going to trust God. We're not going to trust our money. Trust me. I looked at my 401K. It wasn't looking the way I wanted it to look. But I ain't going to look too much more because it might make me sick. I just got to trust God in this season. Because no matter what it does, God is still in control. Yes, I'm believing it's going to come back. I believe that wholeheartedly. But whether it comes back or not, God is still control. He's my provider. He's my sustainer. He's my source. Amen. We've got to have our faith being built up in this time. As I close, I just want to close with this, this reality. The children of Israel were getting ready to go in. 
and they were getting ready to take what God had promised them. But Joshua has a conversation with a couple of the spies that went out. Because in chapter 2 of Joshua, there was a lady named Rahab. The Bible calls her a harlot. She probably lay stayed in a public house. And the Bible says that when the spies were going in there to check out the land that they were going to take, that she hid those spies from being harmed by the government officials. And the reason why she did it was because she believed in their God. She believed that Jehovah God, the true and living God, was the true God, and she wanted to help them or spare their life. And so they made an agreement with her that when they came back, that if she would put the scarlet thread on her door, that they would save her. That was the promise that was made to her. And so now they're about to go and take the territory. They're about to go get theirs. But Joshua has to remind them that you've got to go and you've got to rescue Rahab and her family like you promised. And the encouraging word for us today is that there are people in Jericho who are scared. There are people who are shut up in this season that they're scared. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what's going to happen with your job. They don't know whether they're going to make it, what's going to happen with their family member or whatever the case. They're scared. They have little spirit and little hope. But there are people like Rahab who have a hope because they've put their trust in, 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 in God. She believed in the God of Israel. But she could not be saved until one of the spies went out and got her. And the encouragement for us today is that in the process of us getting what God has for us, because I still believe that we are a church on assignment. I still believe that God is moving some things in our life. But it's not just about us, but we got to be considerate of the Rahabs who are out there. Because this is a season of great harvest. I believe it in my spirit. As my brother, Pastor Lee Joyner, told me this week, he says, the apostolic genius is at work. In other words, Jesus Christ is working about how he's going to save souls, how he's going to bring people into the kingdom. And the good news for us is that we get to be a part of it. God gets to use us in this thing. Because I've told you before, it's not about the people, but it's about their God. So our encouragement this week is to let God use you. As you stand in faith not knowing what's happening, let God use you. Because there's a Rahab out there. There's a family member. There's a neighbor that's looking to see what God is doing in your life. Let God use you. I'm telling you, God is going to use you in ways where we share, where we commune with each other, where we're able to help our neighbors to be a blessing to somebody in this time. Because God is reaping souls. And so, yes, it's a difficult time, but God is going to use us. It's not just about us, but it's about him and for his glory. So be careful out there. Be safe out there. Do what we're asked to do. But remember that God is at work. He's allowed this to happen for a reason, and he's going to get the glory out of it. Let God use you. Be a person of faith in this season. Be a person of strength in this season. Be a person of the word in this season. Be a person of prayer in this season. Because it wasn't just Rahab. It was Rahab's father. It was Rahab's brother. It was Rahab's mother. And all that she had that were saved. And we believe that people are going to get saved in this season because God is going to use you. So in your waiting time, in your anticipation, don't forget about the Rahab. Remember that God is in the saving business when we get the privilege to be a part of what he's doing today. I want to pray with you today. 
because I know this is a difficult time for us all, but I want to pray that you'll be covered. I want to pray that your household will not be stricken by anything, that all is well, that your bills will be paid, that God will work things out for, for your good. And I want to pray that there's going to be a Rahab. There's going to be a return of somebody, not just yourself, but somebody else who's been saved in this process, because I know that they're out there. God is building a hunger in this nation. God is building a hunger in this world for him. Money can't solve it. Athletic events can't solve it. None of those things can solve it. Only Christ can fill it. But it's going to take people who know God to be able to help those find God in this season. Let us pray. Father, we bless you for your word. God, we thank you that as you showed us, oh God, in your book, of how people went to get what you had for them, oh God, but they were able to be a blessing to somebody else. And so I pray for my brothers, my sisters that are, that are tuned in today, that we'd be a church that's not focused on ourselves, but we'd be a church that's focused on your assignment for us. And God, I praise you now that we're protected, you're covering us, you're keeping us, that no hurt, harm, or danger will befall us. I declare in Jesus' name that your will would be done in our lives. But I praise you that you allowed this to happen, for your glory, that your works would be shown. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to allow us to be a part of this great move because it is yet a move. You do your part, God, and we'll do ours, but you be glorified. So we pray for the Rahabs today, God. We pray for our cousins, God, our co-workers, oh God, our neighbors, oh God, who, who are anticipating that they're going to be saved in this season. And I thank you that salvation, healing, deliverance, whatever the need is coming to them. And because your people were willing to be used by you. And we thank you, God. We bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I pray you were blessed by the word today, that you were strengthened. Um, you got to realize that the church doors may be closed, but the church is not closed. And so if you receive Jesus Christ today, if there's somebody here that does not know Jesus, you may be watching. You say, I've never confessed Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to be saved. I want to know this Jesus who rescues people even in the worst circumstances. I just ask that you just say in, in, to yourself, to Christ aloud, Father, I confess my sin. I haven't been walking with you. But I realize today that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And he died for my sin. I confess my sin. I accept you as Lord of my life. And I commit my life to you to follow you, to be your disciple from this day forward. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are in the kingdom of God. Your, your soul is saved eternally. According to scripture, we want to connect with you. We want to know with you. Know you. Reach out to us. One day we'll be able to see you in person. And we bless God for you. Somebody wants to join a local church, uh, you can join us even virtually. Just reach out to us. Let us know, hey, I want to join this local church to work out my soul salvation. But we're sticking together. The church is moving forward. The doors may be closed, but the church is open. We're doing ministry. Ministry is going to take place. You'll hear more about that in the announcements to come. And the final thing that I just have to say is we, uh, we thank God for you. We appreciate you tuning in and staying connected virtually. We thank you for those that are giving. We encourage you and admonish you as the church moves forward. We still do need your financial support. We still need you to give. Give as like you were here. Give like you normally would do. God has blessed you with increase, with good faith. Let's continue to give to his work so that this gospel can go forward. 
We're not shutting down. We're moving forward. We're looking for soul. We're looking to grow. We're looking to accomplish the assignment in Jesus' name. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. There's a few announcements. We will see you on Wednesday. Tune in. You'll get all the information you need. Heaven smile upon you. God bless you. I love you all. In Jesus' name.